Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Let's across the, this cross the world, Mitch. I mean, love catching up with this man. It's the first time we've done it this new year. It's Harry Simeo. He's a fantastic football broadcaster and journalist. You can go find him on Twitter and see all his marvellous work on different platforms that he does covering the English Premier League and all things English football. This morning, Leeds United have snared an important victory against West Ham. Liverpool have beaten Brentford 3-0 and it's been a busy, busy period for the Premier League. Morning or evening to you, Harry. Happy New Year. Good to have you on the show, man. Happy New Year to you all as well and to your listeners. And yeah, it's evening here, but it's morning there. So uh, good morning and good evening. That's exactly right. One of the quirks, mate. Hey, you um, you watch probably more football than I reckon the average average person. Is that fair to say? Yeah, definitely. My wife would agree with you as well, I think. Except, except for this morning, eh, Harry, with your with Arsenal and, uh, and Tottenham being called off? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I think... We, we kind of got the impression that it was going to get called off from Friday morning. Um, Arsenal had returned back late from their trip to Liverpool in the Carabao Cup semi-final. And you just were, you were watching Arsenal that night and, and the players were dropping like flies with injuries. And we knew that they had a lot of problems going into the game. And given that the kind of precedent has been set in the last few weeks in the Premier League with regards to getting games postponed, I think this was a real possibility. But of course, it was met with uproar from the Tottenham faithful when that announcement was made yesterday. Yeah, not just the Tottenham faithful. I think it's starting to get to the point where everyone's getting a little bit, uh, or would you say, sick of how messy the Premier League's starting to become? Yeah, I think the problem has been all along that there hasn't been much clarity around what exactly constitutes a postponement. And this has been the big issue because we've seen some teams apply for postponements due to you know being really short of players due to a number of issues. It's not just been about COVID. This is the kind of misconception. A lot of the games that have been postponed, and if I'm not mistaken, there have been 20 now in the Premier League that have been postponed since December, since the start of December. Most of those games, if you actually read the postponement announcements, it does say are postponed due to a combination of COVID cases and injuries, meaning that they're unable to fulfill their requirements. Because as the Premier League law states, You need to have 13 available outfield players and at least one goalkeeper to be able to fulfill a fixture. And and you're absolutely right. People are getting irritated because it feels like some clubs have been using this to their advantage. You know, for example, if you've got a couple of really key players out, you've got a big game around the corner. This feels like a good way uh, to kind of get that game pushed back to a time when you'll be in better shape. But ultimately, I think it's one of those things where It feels like it's really boiled over in the last 24 hours, but I don't really think you can look at Arsenal and say 
well, they're the problem here because it's happened so many times. And I think that the issue here is with the Premier League and the way they've been unclear about it all and had sort of one rule for one team and one rule for others. I think that's the big issue. Mm. So, so there's definitely been an unplaying, uh, an uneven playing field, but are there any clubs in particular that have handled it well, or maybe not even handled it well, but seem to have had a leg up through it all? It's, it's interesting because I think the reason that I think Arsenal fans, and, and obviously I, I am an Arsenal fan, so for me, it's, um, you know, I, I might be slightly biased on this, but I think the reason Arsenal fans are feeling like this kind of criticism has been unfair and, and that Arsenal have handled it well is because actually this is the first game during this period Arsenal have requested to have postponed. Mm. Um, there are a number of clubs in the Premier League now, Burnley are an example, Leicester City are an example, Manchester United are an example, who have had multiple games postponed during this period. And, um, and, and I think there have been other clubs like, for example, Leeds United, who have got loads of absences and probably had more of a case than pretty much anybody to try and get games postponed. And they haven't. They've, st- they, they've stuck with it. They've dropped points as a consequence of that. I know they got a big result today away at West Ham, but prior to that, they've been really struggling. So I think it's some clubs have been more kind of like, yes, let's get on with it. Let's play through this. Will be okay, and others, you know, have just taken every opportunity to get postponements put in place, and and I think that's where the kind of bad blood is starting to appear between various clubs in the division. Yeah, fair. Uh, Rafa Benitez, uh, really interesting. Yeah. Just the timing of it all. Is this a precedent that's been set? Any any coach to lose to Norwich this year gets binned. <laughs> <laughs> it's starting to feel that way. But listen, Norwich have been really, really poor this season. Teams that every time they get relegated down into the championship, it's really clear that they're just too good for that level. But they seem to fall into this in-between category where they're not quite good enough for the Premier League, but they're too good for the championship. And that's why here in the UK we call them yo-yo clubs, clubs that keep coming up and then go down again and go up again. Um, I think with Rafa Benitez, though, I think... As much as he's been a wonderful coach throughout his career, I think this was always a kind of marriage that was doomed to fail. Uh, He's an ex-Liverpool manager. He'd said some things in the past uh, about Everton Football Club that made it really difficult for the Everton fans to accept him when he got the job. And I guess you only need to glance at the Premier League table and see that they're in 16th place to understand why this isn't working. But one thing I would say about the Rafa Benitez and Everton situation is that Actually, the problem at Everton is a lot more deep-rooted than just who the manager is. Um, There's no strategy from from the people above with regards to player recruitment, with regards to the direction that they want to move in. And that's evident because in the last four or five seasons, they've brought in some of the world's top managers, the most experienced managers, managers who have won Champions Leagues and Premier League titles, and even they can't seem to get it right there. Mm. So I think it's important that although Benitez hasn't done a great job, that we look at what the actual issue is at Everton, and I think it's much bigger than just who the manager is. I mean, history would suggest that they're probably not going to figure that out. They'll, they'll hire the latest uh, player to retire, I'm sure. <laughs> um, uh, I guess uh, from the weekend or so far, this round, um, what's been your pick of the game so far? Uh, I think one of the the most entertaining games was that game between Manchester United and Aston Villa. Um, Manchester United have been heavily criticised since Ralph Rangnick took the job. Uh, A lot of people were kind of excited by his appointment. And in truth, it hasn't really brought the instant uplift that Manchester United fans were hoping for. They played Aston Villa in the FA Cup uh, in the week. 
and and uh, sorry, last week, and that game was really kind of close and tense, and Manchester United came out on top. So having to go to Villa Park in an away tie this weekend, I think a lot of people thought this would be a tricky fixture. Manchester United went into a two-goal lead, and it looked as though they were kind of cruising towards the victory. But then, of course, Aston Villa pulled the goal back through the young Jacob Ramsey before bringing on their brand-new blockbuster signing, Felipe Coutinho, who scored a late equaliser. So I think that would be the pick of the games. Uh, in terms of entertainment value. But probably the result of the weekend is the one that you mentioned earlier, Leeds United extending the gap between themselves and the relegation zone by going and winning away at West Ham, which not many people expected. So I think in terms of result and shock, that was the one. But United and Villa was definitely the most entertaining fixture. Well, blockbuster signings and relegation zone, now you've got us interested Chris Wood, how did he go? <laughs> Newcastle United, um, they, they took our boy and they've given him the big pay packet and said, well done, mate, here you go, get us out of trouble. And they, they nabbed the draw first up. How's that whole signing process of Chris Wood from Burnley to Newcastle gone down in the UK, Harry? I mean, we're biased down here like you are about um, like you are about Arsenal. We love Chris Wood and we just think he can't do any wrong. But is, is this a good signing in your perspective, from your perspective? I think it's an okay signing. Um, it's not. I think what a lot of people were shocked by is not that Newcastle went and signed Chris Wood. It's the amount of money that they paid for him. They paid around about twenty-five million pounds for Chris Wood, which is the kind of figure that in the Premier League we'd never really associate with someone like Chris Wood, or with all due respect to him, but a Burnley player in general. You know, Burnley are notorious for doing cheap deals and, and Sean Dyche is a manager who gets a lot of praise for almost getting the maximum out of very little. So the Chris Wood signing, it, it raised eyebrows. You know, Newcastle United, since they got taken over by their new ownership, have been linked with some of the biggest superstars in world football just because of how wealthy they are. So to then go and sign Chris Wood, and, and I think he's a fantastic striker, but it probably came as a little bit of a shock and felt a little bit underwhelming to people. Add to that, they paid way over the odds. But I guess... The reason they did pay over the odds was because they're taking him away from a direct relegation rival. And Burnley had a, a minimum fee release clause in his contract, which meant that if anybody triggered that 25 million price, they couldn't stand in his way. But I think that premium was, or Newcastle felt that that premium was worth paying because partly it strengthens them, but partly it, it depletes a team that they're going to be in contention with. <laughs> so... It was, a, it was a shock signing. It really, really was. But I think he'll do okay there. I really do. He's worked under Eddie Howe before. Um, they've brought in Kieran Trippier, who's a really good uh, fullback, gets forward, puts good crosses into the penalty area. And we know what Chris Wood can do with those. So I think it's a decent signing. But as I say, just the, the price tag just raised a few eyebrows. How cynical is that, eh? Trying to make yourself better, but also deplete one of your uh, relegation zone buddies. That's, that's terrible. But it, it makes sense, doesn't it, Harry? Yeah, absolutely. And, the, you know, the, 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 the monetary value to staying in the Premier League is so huge that, you know, Newcastle were always going to try and throw money at this problem come January. As soon as the transfer window opened, we knew they'd be in the market. We knew they'd be in the hunt. And we know that they're in a financial position now where they can bully a lot of the clubs around them. Um, and unfortunately for Burnley, who have done magnificently to stay in the division all these, all these years without going down again, um, you know, it's a testament to the job, as I mentioned, that Sean Dyche has done. But Newcastle are going to do this now. They're going to throw their money about. They're going to bully people. And unfortunately, we were all up in arms about the idea of a European Super League. The Premier League is becoming a bit of a Super League in itself. Bingo. 
Love it, Harry. Appreciate your time, man. Good to have you back in the new year and getting some analysis and some real analysis on Chris Wood and what's going on. We'll catch up again in the next few months or so, I'm sure of it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. No worries. Harry Simeo out of the UK giving us all of the Premier League gossip. Uh, I hadn't... I don't know. Did we even talk about that last week? It's something I kind of missed in, in amongst the Chris Woods signing. Yeah, I know that they were both relegation zone teams and... Maybe we'll talk about the depletion. Nah, nah, that's a good tactic if that was it. I was just thinking in my head, is Chris Wood, will he get benched if they if they stay up next year? Like, was it just purely a tactic like that? Expensive. When you've got the expensive <laughs> tactic. But like you say, if there's that mu- amount of money, there is a, a lot of money staying up in the EPL, so Premier League. So, yeah, interesting. I, I did see before, actually, with this game, this Tottenham-Arsenal game that got called off, um, they're in fifth, okay? So they've got that other spot, that other Europe spot. Uh, Tottenham's in sixth, so f- 35 points and 30, uh, 33. So that kind of makes sense why Arsenal wanted to put their team out. But I saw um, on Harry's Twitter that, that Arsenal could have put out a team on the field. Yes, there were some people playing out of position, but with $14 million more than Tottenham's team that they were going to put out tonight. So they still had the money advantage uh, on even the field. With yeah, even with everyone out and COVID and stuff like that. I know a few people like right centers playing right backs and stuff like that, but sure. still pretty funny, pretty interesting. Yeah, that, that's just, the disparity <laughs> from Premier League clubs can be some of the biggest golfs. <laughs> I know, mate. You know, as, well, we, oh, golf, we actually <laughs> literally, <laughs> Newcastle owned by... Uh, the royal family, <laughs> Saudi, Saudi Arabia, Arabia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which, fair, fair, fair. which has some people made some comments about when Chris was signing. Like, how comfortable do we feel with all this? It's actually, you know, Saudi Arabia's um, footprint in sport. Mm. Like, it goes over my head some of the total nuance of it. But the point is, they are putting so much investment into sport. They love it. Premier League clubs, Formula One, mm. horse racing, the lot. You know, and golf. Um, they want top-level athletes in their country playing yeah, when their does trade. That golf kickoff is that three, three, four weeks from now. Mm. Yeah, that'll be massive. Yeah, Some golf G O L F, not golf like. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oil. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that like they have seriously investing in, and it does make some people feel really queasy and some athletes I know Andy Murray for example mm. he got offered big bickies to go play in like a, an exhibition tournament there yeah right nah, not worth it for me mate well not worth it doesn't agree with doesn't line up with my moral compass and you know if you don't need the cash they've got, he's got the luxury of making that call but yeah, I think if he was a budding youngster, just won his first tournament, I think it might have been a little bit different, eh? Yeah, but it, it, 100%. It's just interesting to see the decisions that uh, people make People make in regards to Saudi Arabia and, and now Newcastle is owned by, you know, the royal, well, the family, the, the royal family, I guess. Yeah. Um, interesting stuff. It is 19 minutes past 7 o'clock now. We've got plenty coming up, including some silver ferns and our Choices Flooring Pole.